All right, all right. Welcome. Welcome to Shoes Off Talk. This is your uh, boy, LaVille, L-Double. I'm going to keep changing my name every week. <laughs> we got your man, Tim, here, Tim, and uh, Floyd on the uh, ones and twos. Let's go. So, man, welcome back to another week here. You know, about to get it in. Uh, you know what? We don't have a guest this week. You know, we talked to someone last week. But you know what? Today, I just wanted to stay and have some real conversation. It always scares me when Lavelle says he wants to have real conversations because you never know what's going on. I'd be having the craziest thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do the backstory. You know, I, 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 you know, I posted something uh-huh. the other day. And the post got a lot of, you know, I got a lot of DMs off of this. Uh, and you know what? The person like, you know what? You know, you got a platform. You need to talk about this. You know what? You no, know, we're gonna talk about it. But it branches off of what we kind of touched on last week about relationships, sex, sex when it comes to relationships. Not just you know, you know, sex, but we're talking about most people are not taught how to have sex. It's just something that we don't talk about. Like, yeah, you know, you get to a certain age, you want to start doing it. Ooh, I'm going to go do it. Now, you know the thing. Yeah, I did. You want to start doing it? Do it now. My day elementary. Hey, do you want to do it? Right. You want to go with me? Yes or no? No, but seriously, like, um, you know, when it comes to relationships, you know, it goes back to communication. Communication is key no matter what. Whether it's about what you like, what you don't like, uh, finances, kids, but we don't talk about sex and what each person, male or female, likes, don't like. Are we just doing it to be doing it? Are we doing it because this is what we know how to do? Or but are we doing it to please our significant other? It's just all I want to expound on right here because I'm like, you know what? No, you're right. Because most people aren't taught. How to have sex? Like why? You know what? It's like that's like if if my daughter or son came up to me and be like, "Dad, man, I want to have a conversation with you." Yeah, go ahead, uh, son or daughter. So I was having sex the other day, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, first off, hold on, right. hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. <laughs> but we need to have these conversations. But I think it's one it's been a taboo conversation in society for a lot of years it's almost like when you talk about using condoms and most people kind of shy away from that conversation Mm -hmm. because they don't know if they're condoning sex Mm -hmm. by bringing it up so you have you have the the conversation about contraceptives knowing that it can make them curious, or do you have the conversation because once your kids leave the house, you have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. So, worst case scenario, you want them to at least be educated about it to where they they know that that's an option. Um, the whole sex conversation, it, it just there's there's I think it's this different levels of sex conversation. Like you have that parent to to child conversation mm-hmm. about sex. Um, then as your child gets it's older, there's that adult connection uh, when it comes to sex. Um, and I think when you have the adult conversation about sex, you take the recreation part of it out and you start talking more mental and emotional mm-hmm. aspects of sex. Um, and I think that's where it, it, the lines get blurred is because people intertwine sex with the recreational part of it and the emotional part of it my thing is, do you really know what your girl likes when it comes to sex? Like, when you get down there doing whatever you're doing, does she really like that? Vice versa. When she is doing it with, doing a word, <laughs> with you, do you like what she is doing or not doing? That's, that, you know, that's, that's my thing. And, I, you know, like I said, I don't think I've ever really talked about this. Well, that's like, but see, we, we, men don't really talk about that. We don't really... What I mean by talk about it, we don't really take that time out to say, okay, you know what, let me sit back and let me talk about this, you know, before I actually do it. Because most men feel like they already know what they're doing. That's, that's, the that's, it. that's it. Right. That's the key. And then to have it, to have that conversation with the person you're actually having sex with mm-hmm. kind of makes you feel like 
Well, the man already has an achievable it's about in any way where he is he feels like he's supposed to know everything. And this is gonna lead into another segment for later on down the road. That's why you have mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, is because because guys don't know how to release um when it comes to that mental emotional aspect of it. But it's like what you said earlier, it's the comfortability uh, with that person. Like if you're having casual sex with somebody, it's kinda of hard for you to be like, you know what? What do you like? You know, does that does that feel good? Tell me what you you're not gonna have in depth no, conversations no. about it. It's more of like I'm gonna get in there, do my thing, and then maybe hopefully the conversation she has with her girls or he has this guy <laughs> is like, damn. See, most guys they can go in thinking I need to beat it up, right? Right? It's I, it's a beat it up mentality, but. But why is that though? Why is it a beat up mentality? Because we're we're, we're hunters. Men. We're natural hunters. <laughs> right. And the, the object of a hunter is to defeat your prey. Yeah. Right. And and how we think and how we're wired is defeat means that I need to make it to where you can't walk or you know, or I'm you gonna make you have that conversation with your friend that hey he beat it. He beat it. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, it's all you're doing is beating it. There's, there's not, you're not, you're, you're not gonna get that, that what is, what is it called? That, that, uh, that referral business from. You're not gonna have people talk about it and and put you on this platform, um, because going into going into it with that mentality is a selfish mentality anyway. How do you know she wants you to be? Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's really like what you said earlier. It's everything stems around communication. And if you're bad at it, you're gonna be bad at everything you do. And you think that you're doing good, but then it's like you just sitting up there, you know, doing what you do, and she just, mm, I can't wait till he leaves. You know, but you know, women are nurtured, emotional. Yeah. You know, so like even just to say, hey, I want to have sex, it's not like they're physical. You know, they have to be mentally stimulated. Yeah. Well, women, women, you know, you have some women out there that claim that they can not be emotionally attached to someone. They can separate the two, sex and oh, the emotion. And that, that, so that rarely ever works. They can lie to you, they can, they, but they can't lie to themselves because that's the mm-hmm. thing about women. They are nurturers. So it's, it's just it's just common it's, it's for them to get emotionally attached uh, during sex. I'm somebody. That I actually get, I get to a degree emotionally attached to somebody because I'm a control freak when it comes to me. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't try to control other people, other situations, but when it comes to me. So, so the control part of it when it comes to to sex is that if I'm going to get you something that I, give you something that I hold in such high regard, then. Whether you get satisfied or not, I'm going to put my emotions in it. I think emotions is, is what is actually the satisfied. Because you know when somebody's passionate and emotional about something, you can tell. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the attraction part of it is that, you know, and that's the natural part of it is when someone's emotions and, and pride and all of that comes through. You can be like, okay. They, they, you know, and the outcome usually is something good. I've always been the type to, you know, let me know. I rather you let me know what you like. So, so after you, after you done, you like, okay, now how was that? Not, not so much like, not so much, <laughs> not so much like that, not so much like that. But you know how like you're talking or flirting, you know, this is the time you should, you know, be learning what it is they like it and don't like. You know, you can even do it as a game, like, yeah, girl, you know, I'm gonna do this to you, or, you know, or maybe we need to try this. Or you know what? We need to, we need to have microphones in the room with Lar Bell is about to like we I wanna hear how this all Because I, I, I keep a a Karma Sutra book. Okay. Like I ha I, okay, I, okay. I have a Karma Sutra book. And my thing is I like to try different positions. You know, because you can there's only so many missionary, doggy you know, whatever side, there's only so much you could do with those. And my thing is, you can, it's so much in the Kama Sutra book, so many moves. This is what I'm talking about, like when exploring, 
Now, are you exploring with someone that you just casually met? Or do you say the karma sutra moves for that relationship? That That's another question. It's like, what, what's too much? Mm-hmm. Do, do you do you just put it all out there from the jump, or 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 do you I'm pick gonna, out one or two no, moves to no, be like, no, 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 at the jump, and then it's like all of a sudden now it's like they're they're attached, or you know, oh god, oh that guy right there. But it at first you think it's a good thing, but it also could turn bad because now it's like you know, if you say something wrong, you do something wrong, you know, it's like you know, now you just an evil person, the worst guy. You know, I've had it where women have fought over me at work, you know, in front of the office. You know, it's like, and I get in trouble for it. And it's like, well, I wasn't even there. Well, you, you know what that, you know what that is, though, is, is we, one, you have to take the onus for the things that you do, and that is also comes with being in the neighbor. Yeah. Um, a lot of us that have kind hearts, so that you gotta are very giving people. We have a tendency mm-hmm. to enable people, and what comes from that is expectation. And so you give someone so much of you, whether it's sex, whether it's anything in general, then that expectation is there is like, I'm going to get that every time. And so now when you fall short of that, it's like, now they're upset. And then you're like, what is wrong? You can't spoil somebody and give them the whole Karma Sutra book and then go back and give them page two. Right, like, like, right. like, how how does that work? <laughs> so that is still a part of communication. It's like you need to know how to communicate by not giving so giving people so much of you. And this is in every aspect of life, not just when it comes to sex. Is that you have to be able to distribute parts of you as people deserve it. Is if you don't see that person being someone that I can see myself with long term, and we're not talking marriage, but I can go somewhere with this person, then maybe I'll just give them page one and two, you know, and, and see how it goes. That way, it's like it's like going to a strip club, and it's an all-new strip club. How long are you going to actually be interested when it's just all-new? There's nothing left to expect. Like, yeah, like you just, I see everything. Right. What, what, I see everything. I personally hate going to a strip club. I, I, I use that as an example, but it's a bad example because I, I never, I never go. I've been kicked out of strip clubs. <laughs> Sir, you're not drinking and you're really not tipping. Dollar tips, the, the, yeah, there's a, I've been kicked out. So that's a whole. That, mm. That's actually another thing. Yeah. But anyway, we'll about that, that later. You know, and it's just like what I talk about with time is like. We give away so much of ourselves and things that aren't of real value. And then the thing that is the, the most valuable, we give that away like it's not anything, and that's our time. And so that goes along with sex. It's like, you know, if, if you want to create stalkers, give them, give them from the beginning of the conversation book to the end of them. I mean, that's, that's and that's just what you're doing. You're, be, you're becoming an, an angel. See, my, my thing is, is how I think about the whole comedy uh, and all that stuff like that. I, um, I don't know. My whole intake on that one is that I feel like something like that should be more of a, uh, a spouse, uh, someone that you, and you, like you said, the long term on a person like that. And what we talked about earlier, you know, bang, bang, bang is the the ones that you just, that's it. You know, you ain't trying to see no more or whatever the case may be. And that's normally how some men uh, inquire that that intake is uh, they'll see that person, they'll do the bang, and then that's that and all that. So that's, they haven't experienced that whole comment, comment Karma Sutra. Reese, you have not read that book. You know, my, 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 I'm going to tell you, okay, 
My whole thing. Uh oh. Shoes off. Shoes off. He sat back okay. in the seat. <laughs> now, I'm more of a, you know, rose petal, you know, uh, candle and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole romantic first, type of first stuff. First couple days? No. Somebody was we talk well, about, I'm, talk, I'm talking. talking about, about marriage. I'm talking about uh, your long term spouse. Exactly. You know, exactly. You know, exactly. and you know, I'm talking about putting in the whole nine with it, with all that. Yeah. You know, that whole romantic soft music type of stuff. You still have to date. You know. Yeah, you date, but you don't put all that stuff out. Mm. See, when you when you start to commit and start to get that long term stuff going on, then that's when you start putting that out there. That's not so much at the beginning. No. See, but my thing is, you know, again, I could be wrong, but it's like when you're not, okay, it's like the first time you uh, have sex with someone, you know, it's almost like a job interview. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you don't do it right the first time, they're not going to call you back. Well, that's not true. That's right. That's not. That, that's really not true because that, that's only one aspect of the attraction. Mm-hmm. Because women naturally think that they can change men. Oh my! So they naturally think that they can change men because if you have the physical features, mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of them can't get past that. Like that locks you in, mm-hmm. and, and somewhere down the line, you can have some hiccups. The way you look kind of will give you a second or third opportunity. And if she is the communicator, and if she is that attractive to you, even if it's a, if it's a physical attraction, mm-hmm. she'll communicate that. Like, hey, babe, let's let's not do that. Let's 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 try this. Let's do this. Or she may take control, and then you gotta you know be open minded as a man to to relinquish that control and and let her do what she do. No. Yeah. My thing is, it goes back to like you said, just communicate, just talk. Just talk to your that person. That is the biggest key. With life in general. Right. Yeah. Communication that's the whole that's the I would say the number one uh anything we do. You can't have you can't have bro, you can't have a business relationship, mm. you can't have just a regular common relationship, you can't you, you can't do anything without being a communicator. So I, I think if if we had to sum this up how we make life in general better, it's become a better communicator. And I, I think we get so caught up in worrying about what people will think about how we communicate, whereas people don't realize when you communicate well, you put the onus on the other person. So now they can't come back and say, I didn't know. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's, it's like this show, it shoots off. Like it's, it's unapologetic, but it's like that person that is just, you know, we all know that person that just, they have no filter. Mm, yeah, they yeah. tell you like it is. Right. And nine times out of ten, that person is not usually accepted because we live in a society where it's all about the fake and the fraud and, and the, you know, just telling people what they want to hear. Uh, those people aren't really accepted. But I would rather have somebody that is unapologetically forward mm-hmm. telling me like it really is so then I have somebody yeah. that's just there to feed my ego. Yes, man. Yes. Yeah. And that happens a lot in the industry. No matter what, sports, entertainment, that's you always got a lot of yes men around you. And that's probably why I don't have a lot of people around me. Because they don't want they don't want me around them because I don't say yes. I'm I'm not good at that either. And I, and I yeah. I, I've been affiliated and associated and have friendship with some of the most high profile people yeah. when it comes to sports and entertainment. And I've never been that. And I think that is the level of respect that I've garnered from them because I am like yeah. that. Um, not that I, I don't feel that I'm better than anybody else. It's just that I'm that confident in myself. Is that right, right, right. Honestly, as, as rash and as harsh as this may sound, I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. I, I really feel like that. I don't need anybody. If I have you in my life, it's because I want you in my life. I don't need anybody. That's true. And I say this all the time when I speak to, to men and women. The most attractive thing about a man to a woman or a woman to a man is to make them feel like you don't need them for anything. 
Because nine times out of ten, depending on who the person is, if they get any sense that you need them, it's just a matter of time before the chase is going to end. Mm-hmm. Because now you're not, you know, especially with men, because we're natural hunters, you're not, you're no longer a valuable prey for us because it's just, it's too easy. We naturally want stuff that we cannot readily get or have. We want that challenge. Exactly. Exactly. And it's got to be a legit challenge. It can't be like, oh, here it is. (laughs) It's literally got to be, I need to feel like, like, I don't care how long we've been together. I need to feel like, okay, this person, anything that I bring to the table, she can bring that herself. And she doesn't need me. So for me to be here, it almost is like it's an honor. It's an honor. And that's when you hear people say, well, that man or woman can have anybody they want. And, and that's, that's really, that's really true for but anybody, but insecurity doesn't make people feel like it. I like that was a good conversation, man. That was a great conversation. Remember, guys, if you have any conversations that you want us to talk about, anything, any subject matter that you want us to bring back up, just just get in our DMs. And why does getting in our DMs sound so bad? <clears throat> you know, it's that new terminology, man. Slide into the DMs. Yeah, I, I just uh, message us. <laughs> <laughs> Do not DM me. Slide into the DMs. Like, I, I think society has, has made that uh, such a a bad phrase, yeah. like hit me up in my DMs. Like, if you said that out in public, like, hey girl, hit me up in my DMs. People are like, ain't you married, right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know what, about the whole DM thing. I don't really say DM. I just I go back to the whole form of contacting. Mm-hmm. Hit me up. Mm-hmm. Call me. Call me. You know? That's one thing that we say. Oh, man, I hate that. Because I actually, one of those, I love to talk on the phone. Maybe it's, I love to talk. I love to talk on the phone. I hate text messages. I hate texting because I feel like when it comes to texting, I've, I've gotten in trouble with this plenty of times because you don't know the emotion behind the words or the conversation. So it could be taken out of context. Taken out of context. And a lot of stuff, and maybe it could be me, but a lot of stuff gets taken out of context. Uh, when I talk to people in, me- in texting, messaging, because you don't know how they're saying it. Right. I, I, I hate texting. Like, I hate it. I hate it. And, and I hate text it. messages, too, are most of the time are inconvenient. Like, especially when you text somebody and they to text you back and they text you back an hour later and you're doing something now. And they still try to have that same conversation, that same conversation well, the last well, day. Well, Tim, well, Tim, not an hour later, about a day or two later, Hey, I'm sorry. I am bad at texting. <laughs> I am bad at texting back. I'm bad at texting. Yes. But but it goes back to what you said. Um, I I say it like this is that as long as you know who it is that's on the other end, mm-hmm. like like most people know my character, so I can send you any I can send you any text message. You're going to read that text message based on my relationship with you. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. So I can send Marvell a text message and he said something to the point like go jump off a bridge and then I'll start laughing. But if somebody else that I don't mm-hmm. have that kind of relationship say that, mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you got an attitude for? Yeah. So I think it goes back to discernment is, is understanding your audience. Um, and also, you know, with all the emojis and, and gifts and all of that stuff. Sometimes I don't pick up on things too quickly. I could be a little bit clueless. So, yeah, you know, some, just, just say it with me. Yeah. Tell it like it is. I'd rather you tell it like it is than skirt around and I got to try to figure out what you're talking about. Yeah. Spell it out for me, please. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of figuring out what's going on. What is going on in Mississippi? Oh, my God. You know what? So I, I just lightly, I wanted to expound on that because, once again, I don't know everything about it, but they did just pass this um, Jim Crow law. The Jim Crow law. And hold on. Let me go back to oh, it. Oh, that's that House Bill 1020. 
See, oh. earlier this month, I want to read it. I just want to read okay. part of it. White representatives in Mississippi House approved a bill to create a new district. That includes all of the majority white neighborhoods in Jackson, a capital city that is 83% black. This includes creating a criminal justice system for the district overseen by all white power base. That's what it is. So basically, it's like they're, once again, trying. it's like a new voter suppression, basically. They're trying to go to these bigger places where they know that African-Americans or people of color live and try to take that voting right and privilege away. That's really what it is. And what's so crazy is they, they're going to these small cities where they know voting is not a priority uh, for them anyway. It's because in those small smaller cities, you don't have you know, the education, so to speak, um, that you would have in other areas about about voting. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, the bigger picture of that is, is the control thing for future voting. Um, I think they're trying to gain that control now to where when it comes time for putting people in office that are, are going to not be for us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the staging for that. But what happens to be a judge by your kids? Yeah. Like, but I just don't, and 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 it almost comes back on us that 83% of the black people that live there. How do we do how do we not have representation for that much of a population being black that we don't do something there? So we don't I vote. Heard that. So we don't vote. At the end of the day, I mean, yeah, we're starting to now, but at the end of the day, no, we don't vote uh, because a lot of black people do not feel like, at the end of the day, which is true, the laws are made for us. It's not built for us. The society is not built for us. The laws are not created for us. So we're sitting here voting for what? So a lot of people don't vote. And actually, that goes into something else because I've actually helped with this. Uh, a few years back, it was a big thing about census. Uh, a lot of African black folks do not do census. And people need to realize big mistake. People need to realize when it comes to these census, we need to know who's there, how many people is there, and why. Because if you don't do these census, if you don't do these census, that's that's what aren't right. Yeah, it's not right. So it's like you're wondering, well, where's the money at? How come our village, how come our city don't have all these funds? Well, did you do the census to know that you are there? Because you can have like five, ten people in your house. And it's like, well, we didn't know all those people were there. We didn't know you lived there. Or, or the the to switch that up is that if you live in a predominantly city, uh, predominantly black city, and only ten percent of the people are doing the census, then the majority of people that are that the census are going to be based on are those people that actually, actually do did the census. And so now, like you said, when it comes to funding. They're actually not giving, getting good, the the right numbers mm-hmm. because they have nothing to go by. They're not going to go individually to everybody's house and like, hey, how many people live here? They're, they're not going to do that. So it is very important for the census, and um, and it's probably just as simple as even when it comes to census and voting, just for you to have a voice, for you to to be able to say, I don't agree with something or I agree with something. If you have not used your voice to vote and to take part in the census, your voice is silent. You're just talking. You're just talking. So we definitely need to be more active. We're not asking people to become politicians or by any means, but you know, educate yourself on the things that affect you. That's in essence what it is. That's in essence what it is. You know, just. Ask questions. There, there's people in the community that look like us that are educated about those things. But if you're not doing census and you're not reaching out to them physically asking the questions, they don't even know you're there. Well, see, they get, when it comes to census, you know, it always goes back to, oh, they're just trying to keep, keep tabs on me. Or they're trying to keep, you know, who's in my house. And you know, the day they are. <laughs> well, there's that anyway. anyway. With with having the ability to to tap into your phones, tap into your your computers, and all these you know intricate uh, security systems that we have in our homes, the cars that are all electric, and all of this, 
They know exactly where they are. They know exactly where you are at all times. At all times. You think you think this new technology is there to help you? No, that technology, help buy my keys and all these different, buy my phone. What what's the little tabs now that you can put in your suitcase mm-hmm. in case you're, No, that's that's not for you to track your suitcase. That's for them to track you. Yep. And we get so hyped with all this. And I, I'm guilty of it because I'm a little techie geek. You know, I, I love, I love. We see. <laughs> you love technology, yes. I love it. <laughs> but God put this here for us. Take advantage, man. Yeah, man. Take advantage. Yeah, that that is. This is crazy, man. The bill is is the 1020 bill, and like you said, uh, the white conservative chief justice of the Mississippi Supreme Court. Uh, how it's set up is they were handpicked, like you said. All the district supervisors, mm-hmm. judges, <laughs> prosecutors, in predominantly black neighborhoods. That that's that's crazy, man. At some point, we have to take a stand against this stuff. That's why, you know, I always say this: like our historical black leaders are turning over in their grave right now, because I just feel like all the work and the progress that they they made with us. Now we're sitting resting on our laws and we feel like we don't have to do nothing. And it yes, goes boy. back to that comfortability. You're okay with being okay. As mm-hmm. long as we are doing a little bit better than the person that looks like us, we're okay. I still want my poor anger in the mirror. We we come up we come up with all the excuses in the world. Man, we look, we have we are are the race and the ethnicity that has been abused the longest and the most. Yet still, there's other races, other ethnicities that are, are, are reaping benefits, monetary benefits, financial benefits, land benefits, and we're still asking to be treated as, as, as our, our, our white counterparts. 460 years. We are 460 years behind these white folks. They think when we finally got the freedom or the right to vote and everything, they have so many years of wealth built up already. We're still trying to catch up. Now, granted, I'm not trying to say that there's not rich, you know, black folks. I'm not trying to say it at all. I'm not trying to say that there isn't a bunch of rich uh, black folks. But, you know, overallness, we're still technically behind because we don't technically own anything. We don't technically own anything. People, people are under the misconception that you own your home. You, you don't own your home at all. You don't own your home. You, you really don't. And when you really start digging and, and diving into home ownership, it, it's all a facade. Just like banks aren't made for you to save your money. Banks aren't there for you to save your money. As soon as you put any big sum of money in, they are relending your money. Mm-hmm. That's why you can't go after you put money into a bank account and it's been sitting there for a little while. You can't go out, okay, I want to take all my money back. They're, they're mm-hmm. like, hold on, give us, you know, we'll release this amount and then, you know, at a certain point, we'll, it's because we, they relent your money and they're earning the interest off your money. It's like, what we have to do if we really want to reach that wealth is we got to start investing in land. our community. By land. By land. That, and that, that is where it all stems from is, is that. And it just goes back to our education system. We, we have been educated as that. Like, and, and you can look at it, especially in Arizona, I don't know how it is in other states, is teachers are literally getting fired for teaching black history oh, yeah. in Arizona. Like, we have been told everything that doesn't pertain to us. Mm-hmm. We, we've been, we, our education system. You know, that's a big world. thing that's happening in Florida right now. Governor DeSantis, how you say his name? Governor DeSantis. It's like they're trying to get rid of books, curriculums, courses, all dealing with either uh, civil rights, civil war, you know, any slavery. They're trying to get rid of all of it right now. And it's like, <clears throat> when you get rid of this, now it's like, well, how are you going to teach our history? You know, how are you going to know what really happened? They don't want you to know what really happened. No. So it's back to like that 1020 bill. 
They don't want you to do whatever. They don't want you to vote. Because at the end of the day, the Republicans really have found out how to win elections without the popular vote. When was the last time a Republican won the popular vote? They have not. Yet they keep winning elections. They keep winning the electoral votes. Well, that, that, just, that just goes back to, man, we got to stop resting on our laurels and thinking that we made it. I, I say I say that this life that we live, like I said, when I, when I talk about our historically black leaders, is they weren't doing that stuff then. It was not for that time. They were setting the stage for both the future. They knew, and, and a lot of our historically black leaders, when you hear them talking in their speeches, they said that I won't see this in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. They, they said that. And until we start getting back to that mentality that this isn't about you, like, I don't care how you feel about certain things. Look down that hall and look at them young ones. Go out in your black community and look at these kids, the ones that are coming up behind you. That's who you're doing this stuff for. This is not for you. Somebody did it for you. That's the reason why you're able to be in the position that you're in. Somebody that looks like you did it for you years back. And somebody did it for them, prior to them. That's why I like people like uh, uh, Tyler Perry or Byron Allen. Uh, like Tyler Perry has, has owns his own studio yeah. company on, on on top of land that was a uh, 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 yeah the Confederate land. Like he bought Confederate like the, back in the day when it was that like, that was a Confederate over there. He bought all that. And now owns a studio company like like Byron Allen that's like buying up media companies because it goes back to we don't own nothing. But thanks to people like this, future generations can have something. And we we look at these guys and we think that everything is so far <clears> out of reach. You know, we talk about the Tyler Perry's, we're talking about the Byron Allens, and these are very wealthy, wealthy, wealthy people. But they're just letting you know that a lot of them got a late start. Yes, when it when it comes. Yes. To their wealth when it comes to their fame. So the seed that they're planting now is that they're trying to get people to go out and do this like at an early age. And and basically they're just they're the poster child of what can be done. I tell kids all the time when I speak to them when I do my motivational speaking, that if you think it, it can be done. You change your life by changing the way you think. If you change your mindset, you'll change your life. And not only your life, but the people that are coming after you. My biggest fear is, is is to be on this earth and my kids are gone. That's my that's my biggest fear. So while I'm here, I'm gonna do whatever I can. And that's not, you know, I, I you know, going across seeing on social media about I guess one of the biggest topics now is is do you give your kids everything that you don't have or do you teach them the value of giving? And I, I think the latter is true is because we all have a tendency at some point in our life, whether you initially do it or, you know, whatever, is we want to give our kids things that we didn't have. But once again, that goes back to being an enabler. You enable your kids to not mention the value of it all. Right. And even if you have it, I don't mean that, that they can't work for it. And you know what else? While we're talking about this, do you know who owns the majority of the farmland in the United States? Bill Gates. He is buying a farmland. Didn't he, buy, didn't he buy, like, yes. what is that city? He it's, did. It's supposed to be a city that's out west here. At, yeah, don't quote me on the city, but yeah, it's like he's building the, the city yeah, of the future. He, he is, he's supposed to be, uh, he bought the land and he's building, building the uh, um, futuristic city. Yeah, uh, like a, a AI city. Yeah. Oh, like a, a smart city. Smart yeah, city. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here and there, yeah. It's out west. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. And the thing about it is, man, a lot of this stuff is public knowledge. It's like, it's, it's okay. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, there's people doing it. Like, and so it's okay. I just, I feel like me, I don't understand why we don't have a, um, Somebody hasn't created a Black Wall Street yet. Again. Again, right. <clears throat> yeah. Because last time they bombed us. And a lot of people don't even know about this. 
that, that's my thing. Like, the people don't even understand what happened in Tuscaloosa. They don't even know that this happened. Yeah. You know what's so crazy is I was in Oklahoma. And I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I was uh, I was there to actually pick up Joe. So I was there to pick up Joey and I was just like I was giddy and excited. I was like, okay, I want to talk to somebody about you know the the, uh, the Black Wall Street, like the history and this mm-hmm. stuff. Even though I ran into like five people like that that lived there, they don't know the story. Never heard of it. They don't know the story. Like this happened here. You were back there. Yeah. I'm like, how do you not? And I, I left Tulsa so disappointed because I'm like, how do you not take the time out of your life to learn your history? Because it doesn't have nothing to do with them at this point in time. Anything, anything like that, if you were to dwell on something like that, then they're like, oh, well, it didn't happen to me, so I'm okay. But the reason why I brought that up is because a lot of people don't realize is when it comes to that farmland, black farmers say U.S. government owes them $5 billion. A group of black farmers reportedly filed a class action lawsuit for $5 billion claiming the federal government illegally broke a promise to pay off their debt. This is a lot bigger than what people think. Just like there was, I forget what state it is, like there's this beef going on with uh, uh, some black farmers and their white counterpart neighbors where it's like a lot of racial stuff happening and the guy the black man finally got arrested uh due to whatever the beef is between them but it's like it's happening over and over and over where we are getting suppressed because we're trying to gain something which we are trying to at some point there are black folks trying to obtain this you see while some of these white farms are playing racial injustice black farms have lost upwards to 326 billion in farmland just in over a decade. And it goes back to what I said, Bill Davis buying up a lot of this farmland. We need to get back to buying land. Like, like I didn't even know about this $5 billion lawsuit. I didn't even know about it at first. I just looked it up the other day. Well, they <laughs> always say, you want to keep stuff and keep a secret from black people, put it in a book. I know, right? <laughs> And and that and that that's the thing is like and the reason why they say books and they didn't say Google or any of that because and books can be tampered with as well but typically there's a space behind a book there is no space behind Google you can say who owns Google and this mm-hmm. and that but there's no real space behind Google and they have the ability to manipulate what we see online and. You know, to their benefit. So, and I'm bad. I, I, I'd be the first one to tell you, I'm bad about reading books. Yeah. I'm bad. About I love reading books. books. I was a nerd. I, 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 love, yeah, I like reading books too. Yeah, but I, I read them a lot. I do like reading. Yeah, all types of stuff. I spent a lot of my childhood in the library. That was, that was a big one. I was trying like to say that. I was at basketball, played basketball, baseball, football. So I was always on the camp. I was. I'm a son of an athlete. And don't have an athletic bone in my body. <laughs> I mean, I used to get it so many times. Like, man, how do you not know how to play basketball? Who your daddy is? Hit the wrong part of the street. Well, yeah. not, and I, I talk about this too: is that we, we as black people, we get pigeonholed into thinking that if we come from a certain area, we come from a, a, a certain lineage, we feel like that. Okay, that's what you're supposed to do. And that's what I talk to kids about as well. It's like, look, get off the beaten path. You don't have to play basketball. You don't have to mm-hmm. play football. You can be an archaeologist. You can be, you know, a scientist. You can be a geologist. You can be whatever you want to be. You Just don't think of fun. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to, you know, because we need them. We need people that look like us to be archaeologists. We mm-hmm. need them to, to be out there rediscovering our history you know um and so i i if i had to do it all over again yeah i kind of push my kids in sports to keep them busy but i would also just you know like i say when it comes to play as much stuff as you can because that's 
that's going to be the only way that you really learn what you're capable of, of and what your purpose is. Right. Stay true to yourself. Exactly. The you worst, know, you, you'd rather have a life full of failures than a life full of regrets any day. Stay true to yourself. Jay Morant, stop. Oh, my goodness. Stop it. Uh, oh, we're down to the wire. We we, we, we'll, we'll talk about that. And I actually, I actually may be, you know, doing some uh, theories and doing some things during the week to where I'll kind of touch on some subject matter stuff and then we can kind of dive into it uh, on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that, because that, I know them. I, I, I know Steve Morant. Um, he, he used to hoop with us. You know, with me, him, Ray Allen, Ray Allen's dad. So I know them, and and they come from a family, you know, of grinders. Grinders, and they they're from a city that it's a grind city. It's a it's a small city. Um, and with those small cities, there's a certain mentality that's developed. And if you don't have the right people around you, um. Come into money. You don't have the right space. You don't have the right support system mm-hmm. around you. Um, then you will go left. He's gonna lose his endorsement. I, I just, I just hope somebody, you know, he, I, we mutually know people that pick up the phone, and I'm sure they probably already called him. Just put your arms around. You know, yeah. you don't need to beat the kid up about mistakes he's made. You just need to like, you know, what what he's at risk again. And like we talked about, you know, the things that we do in life just don't affect me solely. There's other people that are either watching you or that are dependent on you uh, for their future. And so you gotta not, you gotta take yourself out of the equation and understand that the things you do directly affect the people that are close to you. So you gotta be mindful of that. And he's young. We all made mistakes when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And he said it's it's so important to have that that system around you. People that are aren't like we talked about earlier that aren't afraid to tell you like it is. Mm-hmm. They you know, you're John Morant, but if I was around him, I would speak to him like he was that kid at, on the basketball court and not John Morant the, the superstar. Is because I can't relate to what it's like to live the life that you have now. But I know as a black man that I've had to endure, you know, I can I can transcribe that to you and let you know the, the negative effect that your actions are having in the black community. And we just have to base we have to we have to break that stigma, man, because we're just sitting back just laughing. They're sitting back laughing. And, and this is another thing. The kid from um, Georgia who, who, who they said had the arrest warrant, you know, for, for the kid that got killed in the, the football player from Georgia that got oh, killed in the car. Yeah. But, the, but it, was the, it was the white chick that was driving the car. And she was like, like four times over the, the legal alcohol limit. And not once have we heard them mention her name. Do all through all of this, but now this kid is being drafted. You pick the time where he's going to the NFL mm-hmm. line, about to be drafted, to try to dig up dirt to 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 scandalize his name. Like, so that that scandalizes it, but then at the same time, it doesn't put him at the the pick that he's supposed to be. Now he pushes him uh, 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 down, so that now he has to wait to like what. I don't know. Six, seven, hundred and thirteen. Yeah, but he, he he's not he's not completely innocent of like he he's not the he's not the result of this kid getting killed. But he was he was in a car beating. And I don't know if they were racing, you know, I don't know the full story behind it. But he's not completely innocent in this at all. But he's not responsible for this kid's death. But in that too, there's a lesson to be learned. And we could go down the history of sports and all the athletes that, that messed up and were supposed to be top 10 draft picks and they fall to the second round, third round, fourth round. But then when you look at it, where, where, they, where they were at to where they end up going is 
all of that has always been positive. You know, and and God lets stuff like that happen to open your eyes to where to let you know you're not invincible. I'm not, I'm not going to take away your opportunities, but now your road's going to be tougher to get where you want it to be. But through that, making that road tougher, now you create a, a mindset that is is tamper-proof. Because nine times out of ten, when you go through something like this, you do not want to go back to that. And so now, you have a testimony. That's, that's, that's this, this will be this kid's testimony for the rest of his life. He has an opportunity to get right today what he got wrong yesterday. And that's all you really pray and ask God really is like give me an opportunity to get right what I got wrong yesterday. Unapologetic. That's what we're here for. Unapologetic. She was off talk. She was off talk. But I know we got to get out of here. And I know we're going to talk about this later. I'm just going to say it now. <clears throat> we're two games in. Kevin Durant. Kevin I put it on Facebook the other day. We don't need no new fans. We don't. I know. I know who y'all are. I know the things that y'all said. A lot of y'all are from Phoenix, and, and, and I actually could kind of consider myself from Phoenix because I've been out here since '94, '95. I've been living here longer than I have lived where I'm originally from, which is Peoria, Illinois. I moved around. You know, military bride then me being a military, but. I have been a Suns fan. Granted, I've been, you know, early years, I was a Bulls fan. I'm still a Bulls fan. fan. But, I love the but, Suns. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard Suns. That's why the last game was so tough for me, because, you know, Bulls and Suns, and then they just smashed on the Bulls. West, watch out. Watch out. They got that piece. That piece that, that didn't get them over the hump against Milwaukee a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Insert. Slim Reaper. <laughs> so we're going to talk about this later. I just wanted to bring that part up. Hey, let's go. Stunned, all right? I appreciate you guys tuning in. Like I said, if you have any questions about any of our podcast series or if you have some uh, information that you want us to talk about, subject matter you want us to talk about, please chime in, message us, let us know. Uh, there are no subjects that are off limit. We might need to go with a little sticker whenever we have conversations about what love well brought up today. And and put like NC seventeen or PG thirteen, <laughs> yeah, or something like that. When we have segments where we talk about sex, so thank you guys, love and appreciate you. Spread the word, shoes off, talk. See you next week. <laughs>